Hello everybody, Arlene Petway here. Welcome to the Christpirations podcast. The cost of citizenship. As I was praying this morning, I was pondering what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's what I am. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. I was overwhelmed by the thought of what that meant. Jesus is king, and I am his royal subject. 1 Peter 2.9 puts it this way. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light his subject his royal subject in America as we approach the November elections for president immigration and citizenship will be among the issues hotly debated should people who are immigrants be grandfathered in should an easier role be made towards citizenship should those here illegally be punished and deported swiftly I don't have the answer to these questions, but what I do know is that they are important. Citizenship is a privilege. So I decided to research citizenship around the world and make a parallel between it and citizenship in the kingdom. I found there is none. Kingdom of God citizenship is wholly unique. Some countries make it easier than others to become a citizen. I didn't know this, but there are countries around the world that make it nearly impossible to become a citizen. Some practice birthright citizenship like America, but there are many more nations who do not. There are countries where the cost of citizenship is very high in the millions of dollars. In the cases that qualify, you must be rich and are well-connected. Basically, to be an outsider and become a citizen somewhere else, there is a cost. Although the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, they're used interchangeably, is unlike any other kingdom, the thing that sets the kingdom of God apart from any earthly kingdom is that citizenship is even more costly, far more costly. I'm not talking about monetary costs or having to live in a realm for many years before being considered, which is, which happens. The cost of citizenship in God's kingdom was the death of the king. There's no kingdom on earth where the king will be willing to die so that you or I could become a citizen. The price was not an ordinary quick death either, but a torturous, cruel, horrendous death. As bad as that was, he then had to be treated like the worst person on the planet by his own father. Unbearable. And he did that for you and for me. And oh, by the way, we were his enemy at the time. Who would do that? Romans 8, 7 to 8 says, And so people become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human nature. For they do not obey God's law, and in fact, they cannot obey it. 
Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. Romans 5, 6, and 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, the King of glory, the sovereign King of heaven and earth, was forsaken and abandoned by his Father, God, because your sin and my sin became his own. Because the Father is holy as the Son is holy, he had to treat him like an illegal alien from the kingdom of God so that we could be accepted in the kingdom. This was my reading this morning. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. About three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemai sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me, another version says. Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. One commentator put it in this way. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might be, be become the righteousness of God in him. It is possible that at some moment on the cross, when Jesus became sin on our behalf, that God the Father, in a sense, turned his back upon the Son, it says in Habakkuk 1.13 that God is too pure to look upon evil. Therefore, it is possible that when Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross, that the Father spiritually turned away. At that time, the Son may have cried out. One thing is for sure, we cannot appreciate the utterly horrific experience of having the sins of the world put upon the Lord Jesus as he hung in excruciating pain from that cross. The physical pain was immense. The spiritual one must have been even greater. That shows how clearly and how much he loves us. I thank God that he paid the cost for my citizenship. I won't revoke it. It is a perfect kingdom, unlike the kingdoms of this world. There is no need for a government that has checks and balances, that has a balance of powers because he is the government and he's always just. He is the total monarch of the kingdom and he loves his subjects more than anyone ever loved anybody. If he did have a slogan for the kingdom, you could choose many, but I like this one. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. How do you become a citizen? All you have to do is follow the mandate of the king. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It means to trust him as king with your life. 
No citizenship compares to it. Don't believe me? Try it. I guarantee you won't revoke it either.